drive deep left center field. It is high. Notice far. It is gone to the back row of the monster seats. It's Glaber Day. Barry Trump Jr. is also in the game. Robinson! Oh, what a catch! And flush! Spectacular play from Mitchell Robinson. Darnold swings it downfield. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Shoeless Joe's podcast, soon to be the podcast heard around the world. It's Isaiah, and we've got so much content for this episode for you today. The NBA trades are opening up, and the NBA season is underway, and it looks like we'll be heading into a new season with brand new teams and new contenders. And we also have another special, mm, a special guest today on the show mike yeah like i said we have a lot to talk about in this episode the nba is really heating up the, the nfl is too we're getting into the, the playoff chase and everyone's really jockeying for position but before we get into any of that stuff we got to introduce the special guest of the episode the man we've talked about many times he goes by the nickname michael kick gilchrist <laughs> what's up obi uh i do not go by that nickname if you call me that ever in the streets you might get slapped MKG. Oh God. Uh I'm the only uh known man to dunk on Isaiah in public. Uh, <laughs> oh. uh a wavering Jets fan. And uh a the wavered, big a wavered. <laughs> the biggest Giannis supporter. Cowboys fan. <laughs> yeah, closet Cowboys fan. Correct, correct. Um Glad to be and, here, well, boys. Well let's well let's just let's just say that's a given. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're probably in the closet already. You know what I mean? Oh no. Nah. <laughs> America's team. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, welcome Obi. Welcome Obi. It's enough time to drop your name while you're not on the podcast. Right. So we, we have to we have to bring him in for this one. Um and I and I know he's gonna have a lot of strong opinions on the latest NBA news. We all do. Very interesting today. Um, at 12 o'clock, they lifted the trade moratorium, which means that a lot of trades can be made. Um, there, we haven't seen that much action yet, but one of the moves that did happen so far was a big one, and that's Chris Paul being traded to Phoenix. EP3. Um, what were your guys' initial reactions when you saw that trade, and what do you think that means for Phoenix and Devin Booker? Go ahead, Obi. Uh, I feel like Phoenix Phoenix took a big step today in, uh, in developing Evan Booker and their team as a whole, uh, their quest to making the playoffs, I think uh, it's very reasonable this year. I also think that that Chris Paul trade that went down was uh, was kind of a steal. They they made that trade without uh, giving up that 10th pick, and it gives them more options. Yeah. No, yeah, I... Okay. No, I agree. I think I think that 10, keeping that 10th pick is huge for them. Um, just so you, if you guys were not clear... Um, they were uh, Chris Paul and Abdel Nader were traded to the Suns for Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, and the 2022 first. So, like Obi said, they get to keep their 10 pick, which is huge for them. Um, and it really makes it interesting to see what they do there at 10. But what were you saying there? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to feel about the Chris Paul trade just yet because uh, they did get a not, Abdel Nader is not um, that great either, but um, Chris Paul would be big for them 
in tutoring them, but I hope that they can grow quickly because I feel like if this team's going to do anything, um, they've got to do it next year because the West is stacked and they don't have a lot of time with Chris Paul to get it together. They did great in the bubble, but um, giving up a guy like Kelly Oubre who wasn't there for the bubble, but I thought would like have made a big impact if he were there with that full team. Um, I I feel like I feel like um well, they, they got Cameron they got Mikael Bridges is starting now um jumping into that role. I like the Phoenix Suns team. They're a good young team. Um but this is just for like a short playoff run. Like I said like the the West is stacked. And so it is a big move, but it could they could fall short of what they are expecting. I mean, I think like the big thing like you said about the tutoring part, like I kind of look at it differently cuz I think well one they had to make a move to make Devin Booker happy, to make sure that he's the here long term. But also, like, when you look at the young players on that team, they're kind of, like, win-now pieces in a way because they're just three, like, besides Booker and Aiton, who are pretty much, like, developing into the players that they're supposed to be and succeeding at in, in their positions. Like, you look at Bridges and you look at Cam Johnson, who are basically just three and D wings. And especially being, like, four-year college guys, they're coming in, they're already 24, 25, and they're just kind of just there on the outskirts of that roster and they can build around it, which is like something that that 10th pick also helps. Cause it's going to be interesting now. Like, do they, they've been linked to people like Kyra Lewis, Killian Hayes. Do they want to draft that point guard still and have him learn under Chris Paul? Or do they want to go for like a, a, who knows Devin Vassell, if he's there, another three and D win kind of player for a win now situation. And if you were the Phoenix, what would you guys do? Um, I was Phoenix. Um, I would. I like the development of a uh, Javon Carter that was going on during the bubble. I feel like um he had a really strong performance during the bubble. So uh, I might hold back on probably drafting another guard. Uh, like Isaiah mentioned before, I feel like um Cam Johnson. He's gonna have a really uh solid breakout year this year, especially with a uh, Chris Paul running the show at point. No, yeah, I feel like Chris Paul does great for those guys. Having a big, like, DeAndre Ayton, who we haven't seen much because of um, some off-the-court things, but uh, but DeAndre Ayton... A bunch Ayton, of Red Bulls. Yeah, but he's definitely a good player. Like, like coming out of Arizona, he was, he was, like, he was a big pickup for the Suns, and he's going to do well. Like, we've seen promise from him. He's an easy double-double every single... Like, average in a double-double kind of guy. Um, right. And maybe, like, an all-star caliber player because um, his ceiling is pretty high um so that they're good um i don't i don't know where to step with that because like you, you don't you're not really sure with the guys in this draft so kyra lewis could be um a really good player to take there or whoever may fall um down to that 10th pick um at guard and maybe you would want to um have him so you can usher in a new era once chris paul is out um because he's aging and his contract he's only got two years left on so Right, so bringing in a point guard to, could be interesting with that young core. I mean, Javon Carter did light it up in the bubble, and so I think that's promising. But it, it's really interesting because it's going to be very similar to the dynamic they had last year, whereas, like, obviously Ricky Rubio is not a flashy name or a flashy point guard. But, like, in terms of, like, offensive net rating and what he meant for that team, he was one of the top point guards in the league based on in terms of running an efficient offense and keeping everything in in track and I feel like you even get an upgraded version of that with Chris Paul so to see that going into this season is very promising and even in the west they're gonna have to battle for every game that they win but 
Um, it should be really interesting. And then before we transition away from this CP3 trade, we have to look at it from an OKC perspective, right? So basically now we assume that Stephen Adams is probably the next move for them. They have shy and they have 17 first round picks over the next five or six years. <laughs> so, I mean, eventually they're going to have to cash those in. Like they can't, the, the mistake that we've seen the Celtics made was everyone for years talked about the Celtics have all these assets, all these assets. And then that turned into 14, 26 and 30 in this draft, which is one of the worst drafts we've seen. So if you sit on those assets too long, they, they end up hurting you. So it's going to be really interesting to see what OKC does with all those picks. Um, what what do you think this trade means for OKC in their future? Well, obviously they're just opening it up. They're opening it up so they can bring in big players, so they can bring in those big names. They've got great guys that if they can hold on to, um, if they hold on to like Kelly Oubre, um, going on and Shea Gilgis, um, who are great guys to plug into, um, you know, championship caliber teams. We saw Shea Gilgis his rookie year playing with um, the Clippers, and they went on to make a playoff, not a playoff run, but um. <laughs> they locked up Kevin Durant for one game, which is tough to do for any team. Um, so Shea Gill just definitely has a lot of promise. Kelly Oubre was coming into his own this year. And he was booming it on everybody. Like everyone he came down the lane on was getting boomed on. So he took a big step this year. Um, so they've got all right guys. Um, I mean, those assets, like you said, you can't sleep on them for too long. Um, but I think sooner or later they're going to make a big splash and like free agency or a trade. Um, and they're a pretty good destination for people to go to. Um, I mean, no, you got it. You got it. Oh, okay. Um, I feel like, um, if I'm OKC, I just, uh, I trust Sam Presti. I feel like, uh, he's done it before. He'll, uh, he'll find those right players to draft and eventually develop them to hopefully become a, MVPs like he's uh, done in the past, about three of them, and they'll probably trade those pieces into um trade trade those draft picks into pieces to support uh those guys that they draft into those uh hopeful future MVPs. Imani Bates, Imani Bates, man, <laughs> definitely not Bronny James. I'll future you MVP, that. you don't know that yet. You don't know that. <laughs> I'm, yet, joking. Right? I'm joking. MVP developing in a, a, a Patrick school. <laughs> I think I heard of that guy. <laughs> um, Shout out the Patrick's <laughs> I'm weak. But on that note, we're going to transition to two players now who are also in headlines, but were also once a member of the Houston Rockets. I mean, who knows? They still might be. But <laughs> that's James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Um, Harden, the news on him breaking live on the Shoeless Joe's podcast is what we're hearing. You heard it here first. Is that, uh, is that we're hearing is that. Harden turned down an extension from the Rockets and is focused on a on a deal with the Nets. However, there there hasn't been much conversation and dialogue between the two front offices. I, to me, it sounds like Harden and Durant and Kyrie are talking, or maybe Harden and Durant are talking, um, and the front office has to catch up. But what do you think about that trade? What do you think about that trade? Where do you think? Because we also heard Harden to Philly earlier, but now it seems like it's just Brooklyn. Um, how, what do you think about that trade? And do you guys think the Nets have the assets to even make that trade? He definitely wants to go to the Nets. Like, that's for sure, that his goal is to go to the Nets. Um, I, as, it's a second option, but a far second would be Philly. 
Um, but he definitely wants to go to the Brooklyn Nets, which kind of kills me as a Knicks fan. But as that's fine, I'll I'll hold off on that. Um, I think if Harden wants to go, and Harden has earned the right for that, um, for that organization to do right by him, if he wants to go to the Nets, they're going to have to suck it up and take what the Nets can give them. But they could really strip the Nets of everything they have, um, which may not bode well for those three players if they stay together, um, in the future. But a Karis Levert Dinwiddie package, like it isn't, it isn't the best possible package, but it's a pretty good package, um, with those guys coming into their own last year. So I think that if they do come together, then it'll be really scary. Um, everyone's throwing around like there isn't, there's only one ball, like it's gonna be hard for them to all play together because they're all ball dominant guys. But um, I don't know. So I'm, I'm kind of scared with with heart with KD and Kyrie. I was like, all right those two are going to battle and it'll be rough for them. But then when you bring Harden in, then I'm like, well, there's too much firepower. So, and any of those guys could drop 50 on a given night. And that's all you need is for one guy to drop 50 and you could basically win a game. So that's what kind of scares me is that offensive firepower might just be too much for the league. Uh, so far, uh, I feel like the package going around for Harden's been uh, Dinwiddie, Allen, and uh, Levert. And uh, a possible pick. I feel like Brooklyn really doesn't have anything. Um, not Brooklyn. The Rockets don't really have anything to lose taking those um taking those assets. I mean, new coach, new roster. Also have Westbrook unhappy over there. Um, now the thing with the Nets, it's a new system with uh Steve Nash, and you now you have a uh, Amari. Got a Mario <laughs> assistant coach. But I feel like I feel like with D'Antoni as his head assistant coach, I feel like that um that offense is just gonna be scary, man. I feel like they'll they'll find a way to put it together. You got arguably the three best offensive talents in the league, all on one squad, hopefully. Hmm. It's gonna be scary. It, it's interesting when you look at it from Houston's perspective because, right, like you kind of want to do right by the player, especially after they've given your franchise so much. Um, but, like, you got to think about if, like, that package is, especially if you're going to keep, if if Russ is happy with them forming that team around him and he wants to stay in Houston still, um, I think pieces like Dinwiddie and Levert, um, even Jared Allen, are helpful to kind of jumpstart whatever that he wants to do in Houston. Um, but if you if you're hearing like teams like Philly being floated out there and you're Houston and you hear like if if anything if they were to put Ben Simmons in a trade like you'd be <laughs> any other offer can't match like that kind of deal um, and it kind of just go- comes down to do they want to appease Harden and his wishes or are there going to be actual other suitors for him um, and if no suitors really develop and all the stuff from Philly's kind of like smoke screens. Um, I think the Nets really might end up with Harden for a, a really cheap price. And that's kind of it's interesting because now they have to make a lot of decisions like with DeAndre Jordan. Um, are they are they going to be able to bring back Joe Harris? They'd have to go well, well into the luxury tax to do so. Um, and then how they fill out the fringe of that roster. But like like you guys both said, like that offense is going to be ridiculous. The, I mean, defensively it could be questionable depending on who they fill in. But, I mean, offensively, no one's going to be able to keep with them. Um they're just going to see how they can fill out the rest of that roster. And I think the only thing that could really hold that team back besides injuries is themselves as the, as a trio. 
No, yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I feel like, I feel like when you have players that great around, like the whole, the whole reason everyone's saying there isn't enough like basketballs to go around for them is because we like Kyrie has been a nuisance to teams in the past, and uh, reports are now coming out about guys not liking playing with James Harden, um, and him being too ball dominant. They got to stand in the corner and stuff, but um, oh, you can put a bunch of great players together and they can be great. But what what always gets in the way of that is ego. It's guys yeah. thinking they're better than they are, you know? And so if Kyrie can slow that down and if Harden can slow that down and they all play together, um, because when Harden and KD played together, Harden was a six man of the year who turned into an MVP, but Harden wasn't that guy. And KD and Russ were those guys um, just based off of talent alone. But if these guys can suck it up and play together, and like if these guys truly do want to win, which has been question of them in the past, then, then I think I think all the pieces will fit automatically. I don't know about Steve Nash being a head coach, but the Dan Tony thing—if he's really calling the plays, calling the shots—if he's in Steve Nash's ear the whole time, that's seven seconds or less offense where they're just coming down and chucking, and you can do nothing to stop them. That's going to be rough to stop in the East. In the East, for sure, it's it's we're talking about this already, like it's a given. They're going straight to the Eastern Conference Finals if James Harden gets there. The betting yeah. odds are going to be ridiculous on that. But I mean, I think Brooklyn knows that the only thing that will stop that kind of team is is ego, like you said, and like a lack of team chemistry. And I think that's part of why they brought Steve Nash in is because it's someone that they that they can trust, um, and that's going to hold the locker room together. But yep, they I already mean, told him off. <laughs> They're already yeah. talking about everyone being a coach. Is James Harden yeah, going to be a head coach when he gets there, too? <laughs> and then Tony, too. Man. Listen, man. He's they misunderstood. Misunderstood. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Does it to himself. I think I missed them playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, that's the other thing. Like, you reckon we're also acting like, all right, like, with Katie and Kyrie, like, <laughs> the odds of them playing, like, half the games this season together especially with them probably going to give put KD on um minutes restrictions a lot just coming off the Achilles like that that's I mean it's going to be interesting just cuz like they're going to have especially to see what they do with him coming off an Achilles in a 72 game season where it's kind of crunched in like how are they going to manage that I mean well like yeah, like you said as I like like I said we're talking about it like it's a done deal already so yeah. but we'll, we'll we'll probably come back next week and it will be and we'll discuss it I mean so is Woj <laughs> Yeah Woj is like well this is happening but I just haven't talked yet. <laughs> but then we're going to talk real quick about the other player we mentioned down there in Houston, Russell Westbrook. Um, oh God. And we've heard, <laughs> we've heard reports um, that the influence of our group son. chat, Brody's son. Damian Lillard's son. Not named after that man, though. <laughs> just to clarify. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. He was going crazy in 2016, man. <laughs> now he was. I mean, and that's the thing, like, people, that's the thing with Russell Westbrook now. Ever since then, he's become one of the most polarized players in the NBA um, to the point where coming off an all-star year, uh, averaging 27 in a game, he's, he's people won't, won't give up anything for him. Um, Crazy. The, the, they said that the market's developing slowly for him. Um, ta- they mentioned teams like the Clippers, the Knicks, um, but I think those teams are kind of just, they're kicking the tires and they're basically like, if you have nowhere else to give to put him, like we'll take him. Um, I mean, means they'll probably yeah. get into why the Knicks shouldn't do that. But I mean, <laughs> anything like the Knicks these days, man. Can they please not do that. <laughs> yeah, I would. 
I would hope that they wouldn't. Um, but and it seems like Charlotte out there too. But I mean, the the market's developing slowly. What do you think happens with Russ? Do you think that with Harden moving, he'll he'll just stay in in Houston and call it home, or do you think that that relationship is really tarnished enough where he has to go elsewhere? And do you even think that Houston will be able to get anything back for that asset? They could. I I don't know what they. They're they're Charlotte is the only team interested. And nope. They're not giving up that. They're not giving up that number three pick. And for what for what you for what Russ was to their team, that's that's like the minimum of what you would be asking for because he was a superstar. He was an all star on that team. But for what Russ is as a commodity for the rest of the league, uh, he's like you're not going to get that. So they're really stuck. And then Daryl Morey hit the dip on them and just left them with Westbrook and Harden. Dry. Crazy contracts. And it's it's sad for them to be in that position because just two years ago, they could have like taken out Golden State and gone to the NBA Finals. But I guess that's how quickly you blow up a team. And I think I think the best thing for Houston is to just blow up the entire team and just take the L on whatever you're going to get for Harden, but ship him somewhere. I mean, for Westbrook, but just ship him somewhere because – because he's not like your team is not going to grow that much under Russell Westbrook because he's not that old yet to where he's still going to be that guy who's going to be out there trying to get triple doubles who could possibly have another MVP season if he's the only guy on that team. Uh, I think if you make that trade with Brooklyn for Harden, you get a guy like Jared Allen. Um, they definitely need a big because PJ Tucker can't guard <laughs> can't guard anybody over six eight. Um, so. He so they're they're gonna need that big. Maybe the team will be better that way. Um, but I feel I feel I feel for Westbrook though. I feel for Brody. He, and going back to your uh, Charlotte point, um, I feel like everybody everybody in the NBA knows that's probably the best destination for him. And I feel like uh, there's been reports also Michael Jordan is uh, interested in having Westbrook in in that organization. He's a Jordan athlete, right? Yeah, he is a Jordan athlete. And I I feel like I, I told I've I've been saying this to Mike, like organizations that are restarting, you need those uh culture setters. I feel like Westbrook would be something like that for Charlotte to get people in the seats and set the tone for incoming rookies. This is how we wanna play, this is our style of play. Uh going hundred and ten percent every time. But the thing is, everybody everybody in the world knows that's probably the best place for Westbrook right now, but have you even what what's the package? Yeah. I mean, they're not gonna get anything of value back for him. Like they're just they're just looking around the market. They're not gonna get anything. And at this point, they're just gonna try to take on an expiring contract and just I mean, hopefully <laughs> cut their. App. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, like just give him that contract and maybe like us any 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 pick consideration. And I'd be surprised. Twenty five mil. Yeah, like. That, but like at this point, it's it's just matching. So get him out of there. If you attach a pick, like I I can't imagine Houston doesn't run to the bank with that offer immediately. Like yeah. that. And the thing is, like like t- from like a Knicks angle, um, with this Russ thing, like I I think that contract is ridiculous. Um, I'm not as a player. I think like he he he's inefficient. He like we saw him almost single handedly lose games to the Rockets with his decision making, not even as a shooter, but as like just even like just so out of control at times, even in clutch moments that costing Houston games um but yet like you said like the 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 energy that he brings like the tenacity like people were talking about it uh people who are in favor of the next training for Russell Westbrook are saying like 
like when the night before you play him, you're not getting sleep because you know he's gonna like 48 minutes. He's gonna be like like right at you. Um, and for and like like I, like Obi said for like setting the culture. Um, that's a that's a lot of the reason why a lot of Knicks fans are. It's really like the, the fan base is kind of split. Like half of them want it because of probably the older fans who want to see the team be competitive. Um, they don't think there's another avenue really f- besides the draft. Um, and they want to bring somebody here who demands respect and attention. Um, and kind of like it's kind of like the thing of like getting RJ and Mitch like meaningful minutes and competitive games that actually matter um, to develop them. But at the same time, like it's also the highest usage rate player and one of the players with the highest usage rate in NBA history. Uh, and how is RJ going to get better without feeling the ball in his hands? And I mean, it would be probably good for Mitch and Knox to get out in transition, but yeah, but yeah, you, it is. You get my point. <laughs> no, yeah, I get your point. I, I, so me and you both fall on the other side of the tracks on that, um, on that debate and not attaining Westbrook. But if you're wondering, I'm not a Knicks fan. Sorry. <laughs> He's who knows what a fan. He's a fan of players. I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> um, but but yeah, like he for a team like that, for a team with like budding young talent that could be really great, um, that doesn't need to be blown up yet, but just needs to grow. I don't know if Westbrook, if Westbrook would be like the best guy, um, for that for the Knicks in their current situation per se. Um, so that's tough. But um, I want to talk about um, Schroeder going to the Lakers and how kind of big of a move that is um, with them losing out on Rondo. I think um, I think him going there and last year we saw a lot of a lot of the um, a lot of the Chris Paul and he did a lot of great for that um, OKC team um, and rose above expectations for um, what they were coming into the last season. But um what Chris Paul did for um, Shea Gilgis, a lot of people were focused on. But if you watched a lot of those games, what he did for both Shea and Dennis Schroeder in growing their games, even though they're older, like controlling and slowing down um, Dennis Schroeder and showing him how to um, control the offense and set everyone up. You saw him playing with a lot more fun than he had played with in the past um, on that OKC team. And so I think that'll be big. For LeBron, he's also a shot, a big shot maker. He can score, um, coming off the bench and stuff. So if they have LeBron playing point guard again, he could fill that Rondo role. Playoff, playoff Rondo is a completely different animal, um, than we've seen from a lot of point guards. But I think Schroeder can fill that role pretty well, being in the Lakers. No, I agree. I'll let I'll let Obi take this one because he's been yelling about the Lakers needing a scoring guard for for months. So. Uh, I I love I love this move. I uh, when this move was announced, uh, it was honestly out of left field for me. I I didn't think uh, I didn't think they would do it. I thought they was gonna tr- try everything they could to get a uh, Rondo to resign on a discount. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, Dennis Schroeder robbed of a six man of the year. Great. Great acquisition for LeBron. Get the ball out of LeBron's hands. Give him some time to rest. You know, now that he's going to be cherry picking for half the year. But uh, great move by the Lakers. Great move by uh, Rob Palenka. Rob Palenka. It's actually it's actually kind of crazy that OKC got a first for Dennis Schroeder. Um, I mean, it makes sense coming off the season he just had. But I mean, you kind of you kind of see it when 
contending or champ or near championship teams have a player that they want, they kind of just don't care about the draft pick and just <laughs> hand it to them. So, I mean, <laughs> so they gave away that that twenty eight pick. Um, they sent Danny Green over there too. I can't can't imagine what Danny Green's going through right now, man. Um, uh, he's he's not gonna play. <laughs> They've announced that he's not gonna play for the. He's gonna pull an Iggy. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna sit out until uh, a contender wow. trade for him. I mean, I knew that was gonna happen. Uh, he deserves it for three championships. Uh, man, not after he missed that shot. Man, I I, I know he, he had his a... wife don't deserve nothing. <laughs> <laughs> listen, man, stop, stop it, because we're probably gonna see that man at the gym one day. All right, and you're gonna ask for an autograph. I ain't asking for no autograph of Danny Green. When we're shooting that yes we can and Danny Green walks in, you ask for an autograph. I promise you I won't. And when I promise you, I promise John you Mike is contest. That's, that's not <laughs> not when he, when he made all the shots and then he got next. I don't know, bro. I'm not I'm not waiting for no autograph. Matter all of right. fact, and his bum ass brother, I ain't I'll I'll kill both of them. I'll kill both of them. A specialist, a three point specialist. Get out of here, bro. I ain't scared of you. We got one of those on our on our four squads already, man. I'm saying, we got a Danny Green of our own and a Michael K. Gilchrist. All and right, also, man. <laughs> uh, oh, come on, man. you gotta give me some respect. I gave you AD, man. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, Zion, bro. I'll give you Zion. I don't want it. All right. <laughs> I think he's happy with Gilchrist. Um, oh. God. All right, but we're gonna we're gonna quickly jump to some player options that we've heard in the news the last couple of days, um, and really gonna set the tone for what contracts are looking like in this weird year with a new salary. Um, the names we've heard so far: Gordon Hayward um, by tomorrow, I believe, has to either opt into his thirty-four million dollar contract or he's a restricted free agent, unrestricted free agent. Um, so I would assume that he'll uh, pick that up, and the yeah, and they'll probably look to move him. Um, DeMar DeRozan picked up his option. Um, I I think Obi was saying that DeRozan wants out of San Antonio. Is that true? Yeah, and they're saying that um, they're not sure of what his uh his options would look like if he would have opted out. But uh, I can see San Antonio end up moving him to an Orlando, and probably getting his worth up over there while uh they're probably going to sit Jonathan Isaac out for the year. I mean, yeah, Orlando's going to be an interesting team for sure because we already know that they want to move up in the lottery. Not sure for who, um, but they, they're they they're willing to attach Aaron Gordon or maybe even not maybe willing to attach, but more of a salary dump kind of situation. Um, mm-hmm. But it would be very interesting to see what they do. Um, I think Fournier, yeah. I think Fournier just picked up his option. He did, too. yeah, just a yeah. couple hours ago. Yeah. Who's a big player. If he gets on a championship team, I feel like he's an underrated player in the NBA. Off the bench, like, yep. Yeah, he's a sharp shooter, bro. Like, he could score. He's good. And he can run no, point, he... too. No, Fournier is really good. I, I think it's well, Don't say sharp shooter around Mike, man. Might be a glorified <laughs> sharp shooter, man. <laughs> uh, um, and then the last the last player, really, um, who who's made waves and is expecting a big contract is well, – I, I blanked on the name. Uh, Jeremy Grant. Oh. oh, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant is opted. Uh, he opted out of his nine million dollar um, option, and he's going to hit the market where I can easily see him making fifteen a year. Um, but especially, like even in that series, even though they lost to the Lakers, defending LeBron, defending AD, shooting 
above 35% from three. Um, rebounding. We'll 20. Yeah. yeah, like he he can be a really a game-altering player for a good team. Um, I think he's one of those players that's like a notch above a role player where he's not like going to be your number, your go-to guy, but he's, he's extremely important and can really be an impact maker for a, 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 like a contending team. Would you trust him so, as a number three? I mean, not necessarily just because, like, he, he's not – like, he works well off, like – I think he's in a perfect spot just because, like, the way the ball moves there and, like, he doesn't have to create shots for himself because I'm not – like, we haven't seen that part of his game and maybe he does have that, but in Denver we haven't seen it yet. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that necessarily, but, I mean, I think with his athleticism and, like, the way he developed a above-average jump shot over the last couple of years, I mean, I don't want to put any limits on what he can do. No, yeah, I think it depends on who your one and two are, but definitely, like, with the way he's gotten better on offense, because there's a lot of guys who are great defensively, um, and you take that chance. A Tony Allen could win first-team all-defense, you know, as a great defensive player, but on offense, uh, an extreme liability. And for Jeremy Grant to step up his game the way he has um, with his shot and with his just scoring ability in general, um, I think on a – Depends who your one and two are, but he could be a good number three um, because of his two way ability. Is um, what number is Paul Millsap? Is he's a free agent, right? Mm, I think so. I believe so. Yeah, but so, so is would you say Jeremy Grant's more the priority? Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, I think they're gonna have to just because like the price tag as well. But I'm pretty sure like. Millsap is one of those players that like, they can probably – he'll be willing to come back if he thinks they're going to win on, like, the mid-level or, like, the veterans minimum. Um, I mean, his performance is probably higher than that in terms of value, but in terms of leadership, he, he he's worth it. So, I mean, I think they'll try to bring them back, both back if they can, but I would say that Grant is definitely the priority just because of the timeline of the team. Yeah, they got MPJ, though. They got Bull Bull, who they showed us, who oh. was making waves. And if they could find a lineup with – that guy. Whew, that team is scary, bro. That team is so scary. But I, I doubt both of them will be back next year, to be honest, just because, like, they they want to make – they're trying to get that one last piece to get them over the hump. Um, So, I mean – and, like, the lineups of all the seven-footers was, like, fun. But, like, <laughs> it doesn't seem, like, really realistic. I mean – so, I mean, I think that either Bull Bull or MPJ will be on the move. Um, I mean, I think you can get, like – Maybe mo- a lot more so for MPJ, but what the, what both of them can do with their height, um, there's going to be a lot of demand for them when they hit the market. I mean, I think both either one or both of their names have been tossed around in possible trade conversations for Drew Holiday, um, which would be ridiculous for Denver. Um, but I mean, I, I yeah, I just think that they're going to use one of them as a trade piece eventually. I mean. People are saying they like um, Alexi Pokusevsky in the draft, which is like a never another seven footer. Wow. I mean, yeah, like you, you really don't like you really don't know. And that that could be. Wow. I mean, if he plays out at the small ball five and then or even like. Yeah, Jackson they're one eight, of the wow. best teams with like so many options. And like they all revolve around like Jokic, who like played really big this year. Like that Denver team is really fun. That Denver team is like one of the most exciting teams. Them and then the Pelicans, if Lonzo Ball can start making layups. But like, bro, <laughs> Nuggets are so fun. 
I, I, uh, man, stop coming from my man, Lonzo, man. We're all Lonzo fans on this podcast. We are. Yeah. I don't like that he's missing open layups, bro. Listen, man, what's, Isaiah, I feel like he, uh, sorry, Mike, but Isaiah, I feel like you would know this as with experience. When you got a sibling doing the same thing, it kind of, kind of motivates yeah, yeah. you. You got it. Yeah, sure. Gonna have to pick it up. And I really yeah. do believe that's probably what, what it's gonna take. Yeah, bro, but we've been calling like most improved for like the past two years, years? bro. It's so <laughs> annoying now at this point. Oh, listen, I can't man, it's fast, bro, but you gotta start doing it's, it. It's his first healthy offseason, and oh, right. it happens to be the same offseason your brother's about to enter the league. Hopefully, Jello funds. Oh, man. <laughs> this, is our last, this is our last chance to use that excuse about a healthy offseason. So. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> now we're never. Now we're never, man. Now or never, I swear. He's the three biggest. Your three biggest fans. If you're listening, man, please, please hit the backboard backboard and drop it in the hoop. The square. Dunk the rock. I'm saying, throw it. it Throw it. Throw it in. Oh man, but I mean, I guess, I guess that's our NBA conversation for today. Um, I mean, it's gonna be really interesting because. We really don't – there's so much stuff. Like, we didn't even know about the Schroeder trade, but can you imagine how much stuff is going to unfold this week and free agency that we had did not expect, had no idea was coming? Well, especially with – Yeah, and especially with one of the most unpredictable drafts that we've seen. It's going to be an interesting week, and don't worry. We'll be – the same the same trio will be back next week to break it all down for you guys. Um, yes, sir. But before, but before we do that, we're going to just quickly jump into some NFL stuff. I mean – we're at this point, week nine. Um, th- things are really get heating up. Uh, we're, we're trying to figure out who's real, who's fake, um, what what rookies have stood out. And we keep seeing – it seems like right now the story of the NFL is quarterbacks, um, it, whether it's Daniel Jones and Darnold in New York or Baker in Cleveland, Herbert, um, all, all the – Joe Burrow with Tua, the Bengals. Shout out to us. Shout out to Shout out to us, man. <laughs> shout out to the Brian man. Flores, bro. Woo. The boys, the boys is rocking in Miami. Yeah. That defense, right. that defense is saving too, man. Bo- bro, like they paid them for a reason, and they they yeah. showing out. I mean, and that's not even the half of the list. We still got Lamar, Kyler, Russ, Mahomes, oh, Josh oh. Allen. Like, uh, bro, we, don't say Mahomes' name. Mahomes is Mahomes is above all that. But yeah, he's <laughs> not on that list. He yeah. on the list of the man. I didn't even mention Rodgers, Brady. Ryan Tannehill doing Shout whatever he's doing. Joe Tannehill. Burrow. Joe Burrow, you don't get enough love, but I'm watching, man. Shout out Joe Burrow. That boy is a winner. Now, every team is stacked at quarterback right now, except for the New York Jets, which is crazy. And Giants. And Giants, man. <laughs> nah, Giants are good. Yeah. We'll see. All right. I mean, but, but as we watch these games, one player has continued to stand out every week. Um, you might know him as that short guy in the Cardinals, but that's Kyler Murray. <laughs> And he's been lighting it up with his arm and on the run. Um, I Honestly, watching him, like, it's special because when he runs the read option, like, he's so quick. And he doesn't even, like, we talk about Lamar not getting touched. Kyler does, really doesn't get touched. Like, he, now, Lamar is fast, but, but Kyler, Kyler Murray is quick. Yeah, he's quick. It's, That's a different it, kind of speed. Like, that, that boy is always That's, on on his that toes. Stop and go. The stop and go, you can't. If there's somebody who can slow it down like that, you cannot stop them, bro. They're just on a different playing field. 
And and this morning, Obi texted in the group chat and said, "Oh man, Kyler's better than Lamar." And I think uh, we're all we're all in agreement that that is true. I mean, oh when you can God. run the ball like that, but make still make every throw in the book, like like, like people talk about D Hop yesterday. The throw that Kyler made, I know Zay pointed out, but the throw that Kyler made off balance, Ooh, leaning, balance. leaning to the left. Bro, he oh ducked. He ducked a sack, <laughs> and then scrambled all the way to his left, and then saw the saw the bounds line, ran straight up to it, tiptoed and chucked the ball. Still a great catch, a great catch. And there's a couple guys in the NFL who can make that throw, but I mean, second year, the wherewithal, it's insane. And, and let me say something: if it wasn't for um. I don't know who the kicker is for the Arizona Cardinals, but they should be seven and two right now. Is this Zane, Zane Gonzalez? Yeah. Oh God. What did, he missed a, a 36 yard field goal against Miami, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cardinals should be on top of that, uh, the NFC West right now. But uh I've been no. uh, an advocate of uh my boy Julio Jones being the best receiver in the league. And I'm ready to give it up, man. Sorry, that boy D Hop. Different. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Julio might not even be two, bro. Don't even do that. Don't even do that. I have to see in the power rankings. In the power rankings. I don't know. There's a guy up there for the for the cheeseheads that has nine touchdowns this year. Tay Adams. That boy Tay Different. Nah, that boy Tay Different. I, want, I listen, uh if you don't know, I used to play a uh, receiver at uh at our high school. And uh I looked up to Julio Jones. I haven't wore the man's number. But uh, I won't be mad if you would, yeah you had a uh, Tay Adams over Julio, but don't ever say I Michael do Thomas. Don't say, <laughs> don't say slant Mike, slant oh, Mike. <laughs> for, for you guys who, who are unfamiliar, uh, Obi has a has a hate, a vendetta <laughs> against Michael Thomas. Do um, and we say and we say, but Obi he he produces at an elite level. I don't care. He runs. He runs one route. Would you like to let's clarify on on your hatred for Michael Thomas? You can't name. You can't have a receiver being your top five, and he can't run the full route tree. I'm sorry. Don't care. That congrats to the congrats to the Saints for building a perfect game plan to involve that man. But if you if you looked at the numbers the first four weeks, before Emmanuel Sanders got hurt, he was producing those same numbers. Just saying. Listen, I'll I'll say this in rebuttal. He 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 doesn't run the full route tree. Um, great, sure. His go routes aren't the best, and his post routes aren't amazing. But every but all the short routes. This is the thing. He does run all the short routes mostly, but it's because he's the best short route runner in the NFL, bar none. And his yards after he led he led the NFL in yards after catch last season, I think too. So for you to get that kind of production off a quick route, I think it was like in the five hundreds. And is, he led the he led the league in receiving yards on all those short routes and receptions too. So I guess I mean just using that forward pass since his introduction into the NFL. Uh, thank you, Bear Bryant. Um, <laughs> so since they've had that forward pass. Um, they've been killing it. I mean, and they the Saints take advantage of that. Um, I just think that his production, I mean, you have to put him top five. He had, like, the season of seasons last year. 
I think he can be near number five for that reason of not being able to run the route tree and being able to plug guys in. But I think for him to produce the numbers that he does, you have to give him some kind of respect. Uh, Isaiah, how tall did you say Michael Thomas was when we were having this argument again? You said he was about 6'3"? Yeah, I said he was like 6'3". Um, and the average corner in the league is about uh, Michael Charles' height. 6'4"? <laughs> <Six, four>? uh, <laughs> nice try. Nice try. I could have said Michael your height. height on stilts. <laughs> no, one, no, no one's seen me. They don't know. I'm Michael, Michael Charles is the size of an average man. And if you know what the numbers are to that... Imagine the average man tackling somebody. <laughs> Imagine somebody tackling six three. You're gonna miss some tackles. You're gonna miss some tackles. One on one, and you got to stack the box for Alvin Kamara. You're gonna miss some tackles. That's all I'm gonna Michael, say on that. Average Charles. I mean, all right. Just but in case you guys Google how tall the average man is. Um, I'm I'm five ten, so don't believe the average height. I'm telling you, exactly. Uh, average average man is it not five ten? I hope I hope it's I hope it's shorter than that. Oh my god, <laughs> five six, five six. Is it really? Up, five, six. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mike is actually shorter. Than average. I'll give you <laughs> Mike is five four. No, nah, don't don't do my boy like that. He's five ten, man. He's five, five ten, ten. until the littlest bro. <laughs> Make some friends your own height. Make some friends your own height. All right, that's enough, Michael Charles. <laughs> it's okay. The short, right, the short quarterback in the NFL is the best one. <laughs> so, we're still loving him, though. Oh, but not yet. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray is a beast. He is going crazy. And also, the Steelers are undefeated with probably one of the easiest schedules I've ever seen before in my life. The Steelers are. Um, the Steelers play. The Steelers play the Jaguars next week. They're gonna go ten and zero. <laughs> They're gonna go ten and zero, and then they play the Ravens, with Lamar Jackson, who just is not the same guy. Oh my god! This segment was about Lamar. <laughs> we just got to him. But um, I mean, I think like we saw like reports last week. We brought another oh, breaking yeah. news Shoeless Joe's podcast that and that's Lamar what you can expect from the Shoeless Joe's podcast is breaking news live and direct. Every week, <laughs> the next right. day, we, we, said, we basically said that Lamar was saying that the defense is new a play he was running. I mean, most of the time because the ball it involved him running the ball himself. Um, <laughs> so I think if teams know that now and they're just loading the box and just daring him to beat him, um, he doesn't look that comfortable. They don't really have the weapons, and now Boyle going down for the rest of the year doesn't really help them. Um, I mean, Obi's been yelling and pleading for Julio to find his way to Baltimore. Um, to help Hollywood out and help Lamar out. But, I mean, I guess it would have to be a next-year move at this point. Um, Your number one receiver cannot be shorter than Michael Charles. I'm sorry. Damn, <laughs> bro, just average. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Ampy. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, so what do you guys think about Lamar? Do you think he'll bounce back? And do you still view the the Ravens as a legit contender in the AFC this year? They're definitely contenders. Um, the defense is good, and when when they get on track, like their offense can put up points too. Um, it just all depends on Lamar being a quarterback and being the dynamic player that he is. Um, does Harbaugh have enough time to reconfigure this offense um, and get them back on track? Um, I guess time will tell with that. But I think Baltimore is still um, – they did lose to the Patriots. 
who could be on the come up, but haven't been, um, haven't been the same old Patriots. Um, now with Cam Newton, and um, shout out to Cam Newton on getting that win against Baltimore. It's a big win, and hopefully it I'll brings that confidence up. Superman, but um, I think the Ravens are still, they're still a good team, and they're still a team to worry about. Um, they're they're second behind an undefeated team, and so um, I guess you can give them that still. As long as this trend doesn't continue to go downward, um, I think Lamar Jackson and the Ravens can bounce back. And I don't know about Super Bowl hopes, but um, maybe a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, I feel like um, until they get a number one, you can scratch their Super Bowl hopes. Um, that team isn't built to be behind. Um, when they're behind, and you have to force Lamar to start throwing the ball around. Um, you, you're, you can't. I feel like you can't depend on your tight ends being your big playmakers when you're behind. Uh, you need that number one receiver, and I I get how Hollywood feels. Like he deserves, he need more touches, but uh, you have to understand the situation you're in. I you're you're gonna be that. You're gonna have that target on your back, knowing that you're the the big playmaker. If it's not Lamar himself running the football, uh, and if you go back to that game last night, their uh their run defense was atrocious. Uh, I thought Patrick them drafting Patrick Queen would uh would hopefully help out, plug some holes in, and uh, I think Calais Campbell didn't play last night as well. But uh, I don't know that that defense didn't look the same last night. When the same defense we're accustomed to. It looked rough. They did just get Mark Ingram back, though. So maybe that run game <laughs> could be more dynamic. I don't know how many different run packages you can throw. Yeah. But, I mean, Ingram Ingram wasn't even that good when the season started. I mean, yeah. and, I mean, they also have Gus Edwards there, J.K. Dobbins. But, I mean, it seems like who, regardless of who's really running the ball, they haven't had as much of success as they're accustomed to. And... If you look around the rest of the AFC, I mean, you look in you look in their own division. Like, uh, like, do they can they outscore the Steelers? Probably not, especially with that defense um, and all the weapons that that Pittsburgh has. It's unlikely. I mean, do you look at the same thing with Kansas City? And I mean, if they can get ahead and like, it obviously comes playoff time. Like you know, like they have a a recipe that can win games if they're ahead. So if they get ahead and they can just run the ball, run the run, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, get stops. I mean, yeah. they'll be fine. But I mean, yeah. they don't have a balanced attack. And, right. Yeah, and that, that number one. Right. So once they go down to any games, I mean, it's kind of like they kind. That's kind of what teams want. Like they want they'll they'll let Lamar beat them in the air through the air and let them try let him try to pick them apart. Um. So I mean, I guess that'll be the game plan, and I think like. Who knows what Des will be for them? I doubt anything. Um, I mean, hopefully it can be enough to just get some attention off Hollywood um, and Mark Andrews and, and did, everything. Did Des play last night? No, I don't. I don't think he's really been active yet, or like if he has been active, he hasn't really taken that many snaps. Um, so it, the jury's still out on what that will be, but I mean, it, it could be it could be recency bias, but I think for now, all all of us here at Shoeless Joe's agree that Kyler Murray is the better quarterback. At at this at this current moment, no no disrespect to the former MVP. After that throw last night, I think for good. 
It's going to be tough. Lamar Jackson going to have to have another MVP season for Kyler Murray to be over Kyler Murray because I think Kyler Murray is going to have an MVP season. Kyler Murray in the, the MVP race right now? He's top he five? I think he has to be. Yeah, he's definitely top five for doing what he's doing with that team. And plus, like, Kyler doesn't jump over, like, jet skis in the offseason. So, I mean, I think, oh, oh, I, gotta, I think I got to give him the advantage on durability. When I tell you, when that video came out, the speed Mike texted me, what is this? What is that? I won't say what you said word for word, but uh, what is this man doing? You think I texted you quick? I think it texted me even faster. Oh, yeah. What is this Floridian doing? I'm saying... Bro, you think I texted you quick, Mike? Ozzy Newsome had a stroke, bro. Oh my god! Can you imagine watching your MVP do something like that, bro? Can you imagine what the black community was thinking? Oh man, bro. But the thing about that video also is like the jet ski wasn't even moving; it was just stationary. So that could have been like you hit a a non-moving object. It's kind of on you. Full speed. Yes, that's on you. Running for. Four one speed, yeah, bro. Full speed at his speed, yeah. And in, in beach football, where yeah, I'm pretty sure you're not even allowed to run. <laughs> oh this guy God. was cheating. This guy was cheating and almost died. <laughs> the worst kind of guy, bro. Oh man. All right, but on that note, I think this wraps up another episode of the Shoeless Joe's Pod. Um, and like we said, we think this is a great episode. We really hoped you guys liked it. If you did share it you already know the whole speech follow um but yeah we're gonna come back with another episode just like this next week with all the latest nba news um oh we're gonna talk about what they do what the knicks do what the nets do draft trades free agency all of it we're gonna have you covered on the next episode um but for now you can follow us on twitter and instagram at shoeless joe's pod um, Zay, Obi, what else you guys got to plug? Social medias. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Isaiah two three six twenty. Um, yes, it says Bruce Wayne. Yes, I'm the Black Batman. That's me. Follow that. And Obi. Um, you guys can follow me on. I'm not really on Twitter like that. I'm not really on IG like that either. But um, bro, get follow your follows sh- up, bro. Nah, I'm I'm good off that. Just follow the shoeless. Joe's podcast, man. I do. Honorary Joe. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, you see. Oh, Obi. Obi we'll Kai Royale. We'll give him a new nickname. Um, you're going to be um, We'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about right. it. Quando yeah. Rondo. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. RIP King Vaughn. But we'll catch y'all next week. Ooh. Same. All three of us. She was Joe's pod. Don't forget it. Thanks for listening. We ain't from Bond. 63rd. So she didn't have a daughter, she didn't have a son She said the lift doesn't work, run up the stairs and come And if you-